Talos is a destructive entity who cares little for the damage wrought upon those on the surface of Toril. His small faith does much in keeping the threat of Talos in the minds of the Faerunian people. I'm Ben Dignan, and welcome once again to Religion in the Realms. Titles Talos goes by the following titles. The Destroyer, the Stormlord, the Raging One, and the Stormstar. Talos has a few aliases in the Forgotten Realms. In Kalimshan, he is known as Balros. In ancient Netheril, and still among the Dabedin people, he is known as Koza. Amongst the Drow, Talos masquerades as an entity known as Malak. Portfolio and Domains Talos's portfolios are Storms, Destruction, Rebellion, Conflagrations, Earthquakes, and Vortices, things like Tornadoes and Funnel Clouds. Talos's suggested domain for 5th edition is Tempest. Appearance and Manifestations Records describe and artistic renditions display Talos typically as a muscular, bearded, and one-eyed human man. Sometimes he is older in these depictions, sometimes he is younger. He wears plate armor, black leather gloves, and sometimes an eye patch over his missing eye. If one was to gaze into his empty eye socket, they would see whirling stars. Talos is said to carry a bundle of three staves on his back, one being made of the first silver smelted on Toril, the other the first iron forged on Toril and the last staff said to be made by the first tree felled on Toril by human hands. Though this conflicts with what I will describe later in Talos' ability section. But when it comes to the artistic renditions and the believed appearances of these various deities, there are often variations. Talos can wield lightning bolts as his own personal weapons. These mechanically function like plus four long spears with the chaotic, shocking burst and thundering special abilities in 3rd edition terms. Talos's alias of Balros is often depicted as a great and powerful dusky skinned genie rising out of a sandstorm. Talos's rarely seen avatar appears in a form very similar to what is thought to be his true form. His avatar goes without a helmet. They wear half plate armor over a set of black leather armor and black leather gloves. Talos's avatar on Kalimshan is very similar in appearance to the way Balros is normally depicted. Talos has two known manifestations. The first is a bellowing laughter of enormous volume and scale within a windstorm. Sometimes two massive eyes which look like blazing coals can be seen within the storm. Should this manifestation appear at sea, at least one ship will be claimed and destroyed. The second typically appears in the urban areas of Faerun. Two fist-sized storm clouds will manifest in the area. A thunderclap will be heard upon its appearance and lightning arcs between the two clouds. Should Talos be using this manifestation to show his disfavor, he can cause a bolt of lightning to strike out at objects and creatures. If he is bestowing his favor through this manifestation, the lightning takes on a red hue. A straight bolt of lightning will then strike out at the individual or item he is conferring his blessing on. Typically, these blessings grant an individual the power of infravision, the ability to fly, or x-ray vision. Talos may also show his favor or disfavor through the appearance of certain creatures. These include varghuls, yeth hounds, quasits, windwalkers, and elemental spirits known as tempests. Abilities as a greater deity, Talos rolls the maximum number of any dice roll that he makes. These include attack rolls, saving throws, damage rolls, and the like. Talos's divine senses reach out to a distance of 16 miles, or approximately 26 kilometers, from any of his worshippers, holy sites, holy objects, or any location where his name or any of his various titles has been spoken in the last hour. These divine senses can reach out from up to 20 different locations at once. He's able to block out the divine senses of any deity who is of a similar rank or lower than himself for up to 16 hours. Talos has a portfolio sense that allows him to sense any natural destructive force or violent rebellion 1610 days or 160 days before it happens 
as it is happening, or can feel the sensation of the event 16-10 days after it has happened. Talos can create any magic item that has a primary effect from the school evocation, regardless of rarity or gold cost. If Talos chooses to raise up his eye patch, the spell chain lightning issues forth at targets of his choosing. Talos can take off his left hand by pulling on the glove that surrounds this hand. His forearm is supposedly hollow, and from the opening he has created, Talos can cast Cone of Cold repeatedly for two rounds at those around him. He can do much the same with his right hand, but within his right forearm are revealed to be three staves. Just as I described earlier, the first of these three staves is made from the first Iron Forge on Faerun. With it, Talos can control the winds around him with destructive force, casting different spells related to wind control. The second staff is made from the first silver smelted on Faerun. With this staff, Talos can call upon the waters to form destructive waves and forces, things such as tsunamis, whirlpools, water spouts, and the like. The third and final staff is made of the first tree ever felled in Faerun by human hands. This wood is said to come from a shadow-topped tree. With this staff, Talos can cause great movement in the earth and ground to cause earthquakes and rifts in the land to open up. Any of these three stays can be used as by Talos as a plus three quarter staff in battle. Unsurprisingly, Talos is immune to lightning and electrical damage of any sort, cold damage, and damage brought about through the manipulation of the wind, air, or water. It is said, though it has never been confirmed, that if Talos removes his eye patch and both his hands at once, he will be destroyed outright. Should Talos somehow take damage from the lightning that issues forth from his empty eye socket, from one of his three stays, or from the cold damage out of his left forearm, forearm, he will vanish for 4d10 days, unable to grant spells to his clergy and clerics. Personal History during Shars and Selune's battle after the formation of Toril and the period known as the War of Light and Darkness, a handful of deities were birthed from the energy released from them. Talos was one of these very deities. What name Talos went by first, I do not know. I found no mention of it. But during the height of the Nethril Empire that lasted from negative 3,830 Dale Reckoning to negative 339 Dale Reckoning, Talos was known as Koza. Still to this day, the Bedeen of Anorak know Talos by the name of Koza. During the time of Nethril, during the time of Nethril, Koza's known portfolios were more numerous. Koza claimed the very same portfolios Talos does today. However, he also had ravaging beasts and monsters, ocean storms, and blizzards. Now, looking at these three portfolios, it is interesting to see that they are portfolios, while not exactly the same by name but are otherwise occupied by the three other gods of Fury, Malar, Umerli, and Aurel. Then it may be no surprise that Talos has always tried to claim back these three portfolios than if he had them back in the past. I will say it right now that the faith of Koza in demeanor, structure, and practice seemingly was the exact same as that of Talos presently. In reading what little there is about Koza, there is little to no difference between the two faiths. The description of Koza's bearing and disposition is very much in line with that of Talos of the Faerunian pantheon. Though there is one chief difference in the appearance of Talos and Koza. Koza was portrayed with two yellow eyes that crackled with lightning. Talos of today, as was mentioned earlier, only has one eye. Is it possible that Talos faced some unknown occurrence that caused him to lose an eye? Koza even bore the same three staves that Talos does. Their manifestations are even the same. For a time, it was believed that Balros predated Talos as some separate entity in Kalimshan. The evidence as such was that there were places of worship that predated any mention of Talos worship elsewhere in Faerun. There are also cave paintings found in Tathir and Kalimshan that depict the symbol of three lightning bolts, though of course, the three lightning bolts are Talos' symbol, Balros' symbol being simply a curved lightning bolt. To that end, the people of Kalimshan believed Balros was still a separate entity, though still allied with Talos. Or Balros had been subsumed by Talos. However, it would come to light that Balros had always been Talos, just one of a handful of aliases the Stormlords likes to make use of. At some unknown time following the fall of Netheril, Talos formed the Gods of Fury with Malar, Umberly, and Aurel. 
Talos once tried to encroach and assume the portfolio of wild destructive magic under the alias of Malak. Following the time of troubles in 1358 Dale Reckoning, the cult of Malak sprung up near the underdark city of Shemath. The cultists claimed that Malak was an aged drow lich who was able to steal away some of Mistra's power. The cult was able to steal the Guardian's Tear, a powerful relic in Helm's Faith. This tear is made up of raw magic and gives off essences of dead and wild magic within the area it is housed. The cultists of Malak brought this relic to Shemath, where it greatly affected the work of the drow arcanists and wizards. An alliance was formed by the practitioners of magic in Shemath and drove out the cult. The cult at this time was never truly destroyed, however, but any mention of its future operations stopped past 2nd edition sources. Though they were last reportedly operating in the region of the Underdark around Shamath, Malak's name once again appears in 5th edition's Mordekainen's Tome of Foes as a member of the Drow Pantheon, or Dark Seldarine. Tome of Foes does not mention any connection Malak has with Talos. Tome of Foes isn't a Forgotten Realm-centric book either. So is it possible Malak has influence in other worlds other than just Toro? That is likely a question you as a DM and world builder come to decide. The little of what is described of Malak and Tomophos touches on his connection with wild magic, chaos, and rebellion. That and how Lal's faith tries to stamp out Malak's influence in drow society. Though that is nothing new for Lalth and her faithful. Talos once made an attempt at sowing war and discord across the Moonshay Isles in 1365 Dale Reckoning. He made use of Sahuagin, pirates, and a Dracolich in his attempt. However, most importantly, he turned Deidre Kendrick against her royal family, and through her, he enacted his plan. The Kendrick royal family would win the day, as Deidre was killed and Talos was thwarted. As of late, the alliance of the United Moonshay Isles has broken, and people have started to wonder if Talos and his faith have had a hand in this development. Over his many years, Talos has made a habit of raising up mortals as demi-powers, only to watch those demi-powers then waste themselves away in his name. The most recent demi-power to do this was Valsharun in 1368 Dale Reckoning. Though the demi-power of necromancy was able to outsmart Talos and ally himself with Azuth and Mistra, staving off his eventual destruction at Talos's hands in 1370 Dale Reckoning. However, while still under the protection of the goddess of magic, Velsharun did start reaching out to Talos once more, which he did in order to play Azoth and Talos off against one another. Velsharun did end up dying in 1425 Del Reckoning, though with the advent of the Second Sundering, who is to say for sure whether Velsharun is back. Following the spell plague and during the 4th edition area that preceded the Second Sundering, an event called the Stormstar Requiem occurred. This event revealed Talos to be just an aspect of the orc god Grunch. From there, Talos was banished from his own plane called Fury's Heart in the World Tree cosmology. The remaining gods of Fury, being Aurel, Malar, and Umberly, formed a new group called the Three Furies. Fourth edition lore being as weird and differentiated as it is, the Three Furies would come to reside in Sylvanus' dominion of the Deep Wilds. From what I can gather from what I have seen on the internet, which is not much, the Stormstar Requiem event was supposed to be fleshed out far more than just a couple mentions in a couple Dragon Magazine articles. However, with 4th edition being as short-lived as it was, the writers never got around to describing it in, other, in any greater detail. As it is, following the Second Sundering that it now has brought about the present-day era of the Forgotten Realms for 5th edition, Talos is recognized and seemingly is, once again, his own deity. Personality from 1st edition up to 3rd edition, Talos' divine rank has always been a greater deity. Likely he maintains his rank as a greater deity in 5th edition. Talos is a chaotic evil deity. He is described as a brutal, enraged, and surly deity who exults in causing chaos and destruction. He is known to hold petty grudges and ensure that proper vengeance is carried out on those who offend him. Talos browbeats his way into getting what he wants and always puts on airs to appear strong and powerful. A few sources liken his personality to that of a spoiled and vengeful child. Personal Realms In the Great Wheel cosmology used for 1st edition, 2nd edition, and what is now the assumed cosmology for 5th edition in the Forgotten Realms, Talos resides on the split, chaotic evil, chaotic neutral plane of Pandemonium. 
In particular, his realm of the Towers of Ruin can be found in the first layer of Pandemonium, known as Pandesmos. His realm is also known as the Screaming Towers and Towers at the Hearts of the Winds. Pandemonium is composed of what seems to be an infinite cave system dug throughout the few layers that encompass this plane. Throughout Pandemonium, a constant gust of wind can be heard. A vast majority of those who spend significant time here are driven mad from this unceasing wind. Whether the whales heard on the wind in Pandemonium are real or imagined is up for debate. The strength of the wind also varies from place to place with little rhyme or reason. Where there are sporadic refuges and settlements in Pandemonium, the wind is just a breeze, but still carries that eerie howl. In other places, it is enough to carry a person off their feet. The plane is also suffused by unnatural darkness. Magical light might seem like a solution versus open flames fighting against the wind, but even then in some areas the darkness is enough to even absorb magical light. The first layer of Pandesmos is the most hospitable and most populated of all the layers of Pandemonium, but truthfully that is not saying much. The layer is still a wasteland for the vast majority of the time. The tunnels and caverns here are far larger and wider than any of the other layers. The wind is calmest on this layer as well, though it is still very strong at times. Talos's realm, the Towers of Ruin, are located upon a hillock in Pandesmos. The unceasing hallowing winds of Pandemonium blown between and around the twin large craggy towers that make up Talos's realm in a helix shape. The winds only increase in strength as one approaches the towers in an attempt to blow those away who are unworthy or who are his enemies. The winds reach the strength of hurricanes right near the shared entrance of these two towers. In the World Tree cosmology used in 3rd edition Forgotten Realms, Talos resides on the plane known as Fury's Heart. Fury's Heart is a plane made of wild and untamed terrain. Though this is a dangerously untamed plane to traverse where violent weather is constant, the creatures here are evil as well, many of which resemble bestial creatures though are far more monstrous. Creatures like Nightmares and Yeth Hounds. Though this plane is visited by other evil creatures like Night Hags, the petitioners who come to reside on this plane are violent and callous spirits. They take on elemental or bestial forms that take after their given patron deity. Those who favor Talos have been turned into sentient lightning. Talos's realm of the Towers of Ruin exists on steep, rocky hills. On one of these hills are the battered and torn down towers. Due to being worn down continuously by hurricane force winds and lightning strikes, the towers look like nothing more than rocks balanced precariously together and on top of one another. Much like his described realm in the outer plains of the Great Wheel, the winds grow stronger and stronger as one gets closer to the towers. Should Talos command it, stinging rain may rain down and cause directed bolts of lightning to fall from the sky to keep out unwelcome visitors. For 4th edition, obviously Talos wasn't recognized as a separate deity anymore. Rather, he was just thought at the time to be just an aspect of Grumsh. So there's nothing really to say here about where he would exist on the World Axis cosmological model. Allies and Allegiances To say Talos has any true allies is a stretch. Even within the Gods of Fury, there's plenty of love lost between them. It likely does not help that over the many years Talos has lorded over them, he has stole away much of their influence and power. Aurel seemingly has been kicked out of the Gods of Fury due to Umberly's recent disdain for her. Aurel and Talos only ever have had a cordial relationship. Umberly and Talos have a flirtatious relationship that only disguises the deep-seated rivalry between the two of them. Finally, Malar and Talos dislike one another substantially. Talos tolerates Malar. Though Malar would like nothing better than to kill Talos, especially considering Talos imprisoned Malar in Carceri. After placing himself within the protection of Mistra and her lessers, Velsharun did reach out to Talos once more to form an alliance. Whether that alliance still exists hinges on whether Velsharun himself is present once more in the Forgotten Realms. To my knowledge, Velsharun has no mention in any 5th edition sources at this time, though if you favor the words of Ed Greenwood or those of Wizard of the Coast, Ed has stated that with the Second Sundering, pretty much every deity who was previously deceased is back and is present in the Forgotten Realms. For some time, at least during the Second Edition era, Talos took a romantic interest in Bashaba, the goddess of misfortune. Nothing seems to have come of his plan to court her, and Bashaba rebuffed his attempts, it would seem. 
After all, at least during the 4th Asian era, Bashaba became romantically involved with the god of war, Tempest. Whether that relationship still stands is unknown. Likely Talos has done away with any further interest in Bashaba, but you never know. During the height of Netheril, Talos's Koza held Shar and Moander, who is reportedly presently deceased, as allies. However, they are no longer mentioned to be allies of his come the period of the Time of Troubles. Why that is, I never saw any mention of it. Enemies Talos's chief foes are Shantia, Eldath, Lathander, Mistra, Sunni, Denir, Gond, Helm, Myliki, Ogma, Shialia, Sylvanas, and Tyr. These deities and their respective faiths do much in the way of stopping the destruction and devastation that is desired by Talos and his faithful. Mistra has had to put up with Talos' desire to usurp her various portfolios, especially wild magic as he masquerades as Malak. Gon takes umbrage with Talos in particular due to his desire to destroy the very creations and inventions that Gon holds dear. Avatar and Deity Stat Blocks A second edition stat block for Koza's avatar can be found in the Netheril Empire of Magic set. A second edition stat block for Talos' avatar can be found in the Face and Avatar supplement. The third edition stat block for Talos himself, along with his avatar, can be found in the Face and Pantheon supplement. Symbols In the Faerunian Pantheon, Talos' faith has two known holy symbols. His first and most widely known symbol is three different colored lightning bolts striking down at a central point, forming a rough dome-like shape. The colors of these bolts are, going from left to right, a light or a mint green, a light blue, and then a purple. Whether these colors hold any significance goes unsaid, though they are likely representative of the three staves Talos carries. His second symbol is the one his faith uses in Kalimshan in reverence to his alias Balros. This symbol appears as a curving lightning bolt erupting out of a field of crimson red. Koza's holy symbol during the time of Nethril Empire was a white lightning bolt on a crimson field set in between two flanking white horizontal bars. The faith of Malak uses two known holy symbols. The first is a flame and a tear possibly in reverence to the Guardian Tear artifact. The second is a multi-hued vortex. Central Dogma From Faiths and Pantheons from 3rd Edition Quote, Life is a combination of random effects and chaos, so grab what you can when you can, because Talos may take you to the afterlife at any moment. Preach the might of Talos, and always warn others of the forces that only he can command the fury of all Faerun. Walk unafraid in storms, forest fires, earthquakes, and other disasters, for the power of Talos protects you. Do so publicly whenever possible, so that others see that only Talos can protect them. Make others fear Talos by showing the destruction he and his servants can cause. To avoid tasting his fury, pray to him energetically, and tell all folk that such observance and only such observances can protect them from the furies of gales, hailstorms, winds, floods, droughts, blizzards, hurricanes, and all other natural dooms. Hurl such forces at one's foes if Talos deems a place or a person worth defending. One cannot afford to ignore Talos, but must bow down and worship him. Proclaim his message to all and show everyone the destruction even the slightest of the servants of Talos can cause. End quote. Presence of the Faith Those who typically worship Talos include barbarians, fighters, druids, a good amount of half-orcs, looters, brigands, raiders, evocation, and necromantic wizards. His clerics tend to hold a chaotic evil, chaotic neutral, or neutral evil alignment. Despite being a greater deity, Talos' faithful are low in number. Talos' position as a greater deity in the Faerunian pantheon is maintained by the vast number of people who fear him and thus placate him through various means. In Kalamshan, where Talos is known as Balros, the faithful claim that Balros is indeed Talos' true name. Instead, it is the northerners who give the god of destruction and storms this wrong name. In Kalamshan, Balros has many followers, including the drow of the former Forest of Mir, which is now the Spires of Mir, who did away with any allegiance to the deities of the Drow Pantheon.
in favor of Balros. In the Anorak Desert, Talos is still known as Koza among the Bedin people. Koza is known to share the same destructive and vicious qualities as Talos, though he, in particular he's known for sandstorms. The sand from these storms hangs in the air and colors the sky red. The people of Bedin call this phenomenon Koza's Mark. Many within the cult of the dragon are worshippers of Talos, though the Talasan faith itself shares no alliance with the cult of the dragon. Hierarchy and Structure of the Clergy As mentioned before, Talos has a small faith. Those who are members, however, are zealous, fatalistic, and sometimes self-destructive in their love of destruction and ruin that they cause in the name of Talos. Unsurprisingly, the Talasan faith is hated by the majority of other faiths. With so few numbers, the Talasan clergy go out and do their best to bring others into the fold, whether this is by convincing individuals of the raw power Talos can grant them, and or through fear and manipulation, all depends on the tactics of a given clergy member. Several of them pose under the guise of mental duress to further emphasize the chaos that is Talos. Special emphasis is placed upon espousing the destruction and despair Talos can bring about if displeased. As one can imagine, this still does not make the common folk like the Talasan clergy all that much. If anything, Talasan clergy must remain on the move before they are sought out by the other face who oppose theirs, should they stick around in a given area for too long. There is no central authority in the Talasan faith. Rank in the faith is based on the perceived power of the superior by their lessers. High-ranking clergy members maintain their standing so long as those beneath them acknowledge and fear their power. Internal strife is known to occur amongst the various Talasan sects across Faerun. At one time, the southern followers of Talos's alias, Balros, were in open conflict with those to the north. But Talos prefers his faithful carry out destruction on those who are not of the same faith. Collectively, the clergy of Talos are known as Stormlords, Storm Heralds, Stormbringers, Devastators, or Tempests, all depending on what source book you go by. The ranks that the Talasan faith use are as follows in ascending order, though I would not give much credence to this given their chaotic nature across the entire faith. Storm Supplicant, Weatherwise, Talon, who is a recognized and fully confirmed clergy member, Lord or Lady of Fury, Eye of the Storm, Reaver, Storm Herald, which is an acting high priest or priestess, High Storm Herald, and finally Weather Master or Weather Mistress. At least in second edition terms, elemental spells cast by the three upper ranks of the faith deal double damage. Also, they have access to a powerful 7th level spell that allows them to strip the powers away from any of their lessers for a day as a form of punishment and to, infor- and to enforce obedience. Clerics of Talos are unsurprisingly adventurers and always on the move, but they can also act as operatives in support of the scattered selves of Talasm worship across Faerun. Responsibilities and Duties of the Faithful the clergy of Talos indulge themselves in random acts of violence and destruction. They operate much like brigands and bandits who lay waste and pillage given settlements. They have no qualms about fighting those who try to prevent them from passing through the world. Talos asks that each of his faithful participate in conjuring up a storm or partake in some form of wanton destruction at least once every ten day. From there, the individual member can pursue their own goals accordingly. Though any coin or profits generated by the lesser clergy can be taken by the superiors in the faith. Talos also asks his faithful to stroll naked through a storm that occurs once per season. This is meant for the participant to feel the full brunt of the storm and thus come closer to knowing Talos. This practice is also viewed as a cleansing ritual as the participant is reminded of what is truly important. Orders and Priestly Bodies the Lords of the Tempest are a devout group of Talos-worshipping evocation wizards who combine all sorts of elemental magic. The Circle of Rust and Worm are a group of Talos-worshipping necromancers who seek out lichdom and the ultimate destruction of the world. Chaos Knights are a special branch of Talasan clergy who are well outfitted and trained in martial techniques. They could also be considered to be paladin-esque as they strictly adhere to the ethos of destruction and chaos ascribed to the worship of Talos. They are a zealous bunch of warriors who disregard their own well-being and causing as much violence and destruction as possible. It is believed that several, if not all of them, are mentally unwell in some sense. 
Storm Riders are another special branch of the Talassan clergy. They specialize in summoning, controlling, then ultimately dispersing storms of various sorts. A Storm Rider loves nothing more than a violent storm, whether that be creating one of their very own or rushing headfirst into one that has just developed naturally. Appearance and Dress High-ranking clergy members wear blue-white ceremonial robes that have streaks of red that run through them. The robes have an illusory enchantment that makes it look like electricity crackles across the surface of the fabric. Those of a lesser station wear black ceremonial robes and cloaks that have teardrop patterns and jagged lines of yellow or gold and silver, depending on which sourcebook you refer to, that run through them. Given the black appearance of their outfits and the prophecies of doom that they espouse, common folk often call the Talassan clergy doom crows. All ceremonial robes are cut with a jagged hem with rough, uneven sleeves. During their formal duties and rituals, the clergy also wear eye patches over one of their eyes despite having good eyesight in both eyes. When out adventuring, Talassan clergy tend towards one of two extremes. They are either well-armored and outfitted with martial kit, the kit being purposely put together to look as intimidating as possible, or they wear just simple clothes and instead rely on the protective magics as they wade into destruction and violence willingly. As their name would suggest, Chaos Knights are well outfitted with heavy armor, shields, and bastard swords slung on their backs. Their armor is decorated with barbs and spikes and painted jet black. Their bastard swords are also jet black in color. Their shields are emblazoned with three yellow lightning bolts at the center. They also wear cloaks and hoods that black in color with yellow trim with a rough and uneven hem, much like the regular clergy. Storm Riders, much like the rest of their Talasan fellows, favor black clothing in their dress. The holy symbol of Talos is often worn by Storm Riders around their necks. They are armed with a quarterstaff made from wood and iron. The quarterstaff is topped with a silver sphere. This weapon, at least in 2nd edition terms, functions like a footman's mace. Storm Riders almost always bear an appearance like they have just emerged from some strong storm. Their faces are marked by windburn, hair tossed about in a mess, and clothing wrapped about them in many different ways. The Talassan faithful also employ the use of red banners that display a symbol which is the exact same holy symbol that was used by Koza's faithful at the height of Nethril. Whether the faith knows this was Koza's old symbol, Golzon said. A single lightning bolt is placed in between two horizontal white bars as it curves and turns jagged as it moves towards the top left of the banner. Rituals Clerics of Talos end up praying and meditating on their spells at different times of the day as a result of Talos' habit of repeatedly changing this time on a whim. Rarely does a 10-day go by without Talos making such a change. The faithful celebrate Talos on annual festival days like green grass and midsummer by calling down lightning to the surface and summoning up te- terrible storms. The most sacred ritual in the Talassan faith is called calling down the thunder. An intelligent being is sacrificed in Talos' name by calling down a lightning bolt to strike them. This is done in the hopes that Talos will grant the practitioners a boon. Typically this boon allows the individual to cast a spell that they otherwise would not be able to given their level, or the calling might be completed in the hopes that Talos will send a violent storm to strike a given settlement or person. A frequently seen Talassan ritual is the Fury. A cleric of Talos makes a prayer, then works themselves into a berserker-like rage, striking out at people and items with their weapons and spells. This is done with the intent to cause as much destruction in as short a time as possible, all the while yelling out Talos' name repeatedly. Should the cleric survive there to offer up a second prayer to Talos? The ideal form of the Fury is carried out by a singular Talassan cleric. However, in the face of strong foes, a group of clerics may participate together. A Talassan clergy member is recognized formally by the church after Talos himself has shown his approval. The two fist-sized storm clouds that I mentioned earlier in, ta- in discussion of Talos' manifestations is brought about for such an occasion. A red lightning bolt lances forth from the clouds and strikes the novice, dealing no harm to them. This is referred to being touched by Talos. General locations of places of worship. Some Talassan places of worship, 
tend to be secretive establishments given the outward hatred and persecution from many faiths and nations. However, other places of worship can operate openly where the Talasan faith is, is accepted. In regions where Talos' worship is allowed, places of worship are built up like castles in walled compounds. Such defensive structures are utilized, again, given the poor reputation the Talasan faith holds amongst the major- majority of Faerunians. Places of worship also tend to be built in places where strong storms repeatedly happen along the fault lines of earthquakes or be it in the path of flowing lava from an erupting volcano. Other shrines may be built in locations where great forms of destruction, man-made or natural, have occurred. Wherever the location, Talos ensures that these structures remain standing despite what destructive events transpire. Specific Places of Worship The Shrine of the Weaftir is the sole place of worship for the cult of Malak. It is in some region that surrounds the drow city of Shamath in the Underdark. As of last reporting in 2nd edition sources, the shrine housed the Guardian Tear, a very important relic to Faith of Helm that the cult stole away with. The Plaza of the Divine Truth is a large decorated and fortified temple to Balros in Calumport. This is an open-air structure with no roofs over top the outer and inner plazas. Each of the gates are manned by guards dedicated to Talos. An idol of Balros exists within the inner plaza, and only the truly devout or faithful are allowed in. The idol stands at just over 30 feet, gilded with many precious inset gems along its surface. It is believed that the spirit of Balros inhabits this idol, and should anyone desecrate it, the spirit will emerge forth to destroy the desecrators. The Towers of Fury is a temple complex dedicated to all four gods of fury in Calumport. Lightning's Tower, or the Screaming Tower in Calumport, is a tower made of black marble with silver gold and white marble lightning bolts adorning its face. This centuries-old temple to Balros has seen better days as certain portions of it have fallen, fallen into disrepair. The Gulf of Storm and Om is considered to be the center of Talos' faith in Faerun. This narrow valley exists in between the Asar's Peak Mountain and Mount Thalangar, just to the northeast of Eshberta. A combination of crystals among the rocks and iron ore deposits along the walls of this valley cause displays of deadly crisscrossing bolts of lightning throughout the entire valley, should a lightning bolt strike down here magically or naturally. For whatever reason, it seems these lightning bolts attract storm clouds that then make their way towards Om or Trithir, these very storms being called Tongues of Talos. The formation of these clouds serve as recognition of Talos's favor with the actions of his faithful. The Gulf of Storms is an important pilgrimage site, and a series of caves in Mount Thalangar make up a temple complex here dedicated to the Storm Lord. In the ancient Netherese city of Monacar, a temple to Koza was built to best emulate a whirlwind. The people of Monacar were devout worshippers of Koza. The walls of this massive temple stood at nine stories tall. From the outside walls inward, the hallways spiraled in towards the center of the temple. At the center, there was a dark underchamber where only the faithful knew what transpired there. A perpetual storm cloud was said to hang above this temple, battering the walls with lightning and rain, but never doing any damage to the temple walls. The Temple of Tutalos and Byzantor is built in the shape of a cube topped with a white dome. The walls of the cube are made of granite. Another faith once called this temple their own until the Talassans ran them out, taking the building as their own. A temple to Talos can be found at the base of Mount Ugurth, a semi-active volcano in Holondef. The faithful flock to this temple whenever any smoke or steam rises up out of the volcano here. The locals watch for the movements of the Thalassans as a forewarning for any upcoming disaster, not just the volcano itself erupting. Within the Neverwinter Wood is a circle of thunder. Eight standing stones here form a henge where Talassan priests conduct their sacrifices. When a storm rolls in, the local clergy act together to summon a violent nature spirit known as Gorthok the Thunder Boar. Gorthok serves in Talos's name, and this massive boar stands as tall as an elephant. Electricity dances across Gorthok's large tusks. The Tower of Storm stands 35 miles to the west of Phandalin along the, co- along the coast of the Sea of Swords. This building doubles as a temple to Talos as well as a lighthouse. The beacon of this lighthouse lures sailors toward the shore, causing them to crash their ships. Near the village of Twilight Hollow, 
and the foothills to the west of the Sunset Mountains are the ruins of a former Talasan temple. The temple was known as the Tempest Tower, and was built in the form of a massive humanoid statue lifting up its hands to the sky in praise to the Storm Lord. Clerics of Vilmater drove out the Talassans here, and destroyed this temple, its ruins falling into several pieces. Now the Imultari faithful watch over this area to ensure it is kept safe. A named temple to Talos, without further description, is the Stormhaven House in Ermlasper. An unnamed temple to Talos can be found in Westgate. Unnamed shrines to Talos can be found in Walmaster, Kalant, Halantar, and Iriabor. Character Options For 2nd edition, a Talasan Crusader option and the breakdown for both the Chaos Knight and Stormrider Priest can be found in the Warriors and Priests of the Realm supplement. For 3rd edition, the Stormlord's Prestige class, for those who hold Talos as their patron deity, can be, can be found in the Face and Pantheon supplement. The following is a breakdown of the features I think someone deeply involved in Talos' faith as an acolyte or otherwise would have for their background in 5th edition. For your two skill proficiencies, I would take performance and intimidation. The reason I would advocate for performance is giving the desire for the Talasan faith to pontificate the fear and destruction of Talos, and thus their need to train their members to really make that set in the minds of the common folk of Faerun. For their language or tool proficiencies, looking through the list of tools, I couldn't really find one that would apply. So I went with the two languages that they might be most familiar with, given the practices of their faith, uh, those being primordial for their summoning and use of elemental spirits and creatures, and abyssal given Talos' ties to the chaotic evil planes. For your equipment, I would take the Acolytes from the Player's Handbook or the Hermits from the Player's Handbook, those substituting some of the gold there you get for a holy symbol of Talos. Finally, for the ribbon feature that is attached to every 5th edition background, I would either take the Acolytes Shelter of the Faithful, the Hermit's Discovery, or the Pirate's Bad Reputation, all three being from the Player's Handbook. Also, you could look at the Rakdos' Cultist Fearsome Reputation from Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, obviously just in flavor, not in terms of Talos being associated with Rakdos by any degree. Next is a list of subclasses that I think would be thematically appropriate for an NPC for a DM to develop or a player character to take if they are a worshipper of Talos. For the Barbarian, there is the Totem Warrior and Berserker from the Player's Handbook, and the Storm Herald and Zealot from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. For the Cleric, there's obviously the Tempest Domain from the Player's Handbook. For the Druid, there's the Circle of the Land Druid from the Player's Handbook, just taking the land that best fits where your Druid is from and was trained. For the fighter, there's the champion fighter from the player's handbook. For the paladin, again, um, a lot of the oaths mostly being good in nature, you do need to reflavor the oath that the paladins take, so I would take an oath of vengeance paladin from the player's handbook. For the sorcerer, there's the divine soul sorcerer and storm sorcerer, both from Xanthar's Guide to Everything, though the storm sorcerer can also be found in Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. Finally, for Wizards, there's the Evocation Wizard and Necromancy Wizard, both from the Player's Handbook. Dungeon Master Options First thing I like to cover in this section of the podcast is just monsters and NPCs that are currently available in 5th edition sources that you can make use of. So first for monsters and creatures, in the Monster Manual, there's the Air, Earth, Water, and Fire Elemental. The Bahir, the Bahir not really exactly having any ties to Talos, but given its Use of lightning magics, I think it's very fitting. Uh, the various methods, and finally, quasits. From Volo's Guides to Monsters, there's the Vargul and the Yeth Hound. From the Mornkindin's Tome of Foes, there's the Elemental Myrmidons, uh, those being air, earth, water, and fire, but those can also be found in Princes of the Apocalypse. Uh, there's also the Elder Tempest, Leviathan, Phoenix, and Zeratan. The Phoenix for 5th edition seemingly has a more kind of neutral elemental alignment to it rather than something that would be goodly aligned that you would have seen in previous editions. For the adventure module found in the Essentials Kit, the Dragon of Ice Peak, there is the Gorthlock, the Thunderbore, Staplock. 
In Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, again, Talos is not tied to uh, Ravnica by any stretch, but these are some good elemental creatures you can make use of. There's the Arc-like Phoenix, the Phlox Charger, and the Galvanized Weird. From Waterdeep, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, there's the Ruined Bahir. From Eberron, Rising from the Last War, again, Talos has no Tyos Eberron, uh, there's the Living Lightning Bolt Stat Block. I'll just take an aside to touch on a monster that was mentioned in Talos' Manifestations that doesn't have a 5th edition stat block. The Windwalker is an elemental creature native to the Plane of Error. They can be heard as they come within an approaching windstorm, sandstorm, or fog. Despite their serpent-like appearance, they howl or roar. Their serpent-like form lashes out at their enemies with a forceful blast of wind as they fade in and out of the storm or fog that they inhabit. Windwalkers can be found in a second edition supplement called Al-Kadim Assassin Mountain. Rounding up this discussion of stat blocks, this is just a list of humanoid NPC stat blocks to represent various Talos worshippers and clergy. Keep in mind with spellcasters, you can always swap out their listed spells for other spells more fitting to themes that you're trying to get at. From the Monster Manual, there's the Acolyte, Berserker, Druid, Priest, and Veteran. From Volo's Guide to Monsters, there's the Archdruid, the Evoker, the Necromancer, and Warlord. From Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, there's the Druid of the Old Ways, though there's definitely a need with this Staphawk in particular to swap out in some more appropriate spells. The Galvanic Blastseeker, the Hybrid Shocker, and the Reckoner. From the Princes of the Apocalypse, there's the Hallowing Hatred Priest and the Hurricane. Finally, from Dragon of Icefire Peak, which is the Essentials Kit Adventure, there's the Anchorite of Talos Stablock. Moving on to magic items. Though the Guardian's Tear is a holy relic in the Faith of Helm, it may be an option for you to consider should you want to involve the Cult of Malak in your games. The details and mechanics of this relic can be found in the 2nd edition sourcebook, Volo's Guide to All Things Magical. Much like the other holy tomes found in the 2nd edition supplement Prayers from the Faithful, the Chanting Chain, a holy Talassan tome, takes on a rather odd form. The chain is short, made up of 14 links, but has thick links that are roughly the size of a child's wrist. The chain itself has a lot of weight to it. Both ends of the chain end in hooks that have the symbol of Talos engraved onto them. Ideally, the chain is hung up above an altar dedicated to Talos' worship. In order to activate the chain, seven or more individuals must be touching the chain as they repeat a chant at least six times. The chant was written in a long-forgotten tongue of Kalamshan and calls Talos Baros. This chant is giving in prayers from the faithful. Once activated, Electrum Discs are summoned to fill the space within each given link in the chain, each of these discs bearing a spell important to the Talasan faith. How the chain was forged and created is unknown but it first made its appearance in the hands of a zealous and powerful priest of Balros known in 633 Dale Reckoning. This priest was Torthur, the Storm Prophet, and for two centuries he challenged the established hierarchy of the Talasan faith. That was until he was killed in a battle with other high-ranking members of Talos' faith. Torthur made rents in the earth in this battle, and through those rents the chain fell into the Underdark, coming into the possession of Drow. From there it moved through the hands of Ilthids and back into Talasan hands. Its whereabouts were last recorded in 1318 Del Reckoning, when a clergy member hid away only to be never be seen again in the Vilhelm Reach, the hiding place never being told to anyone. The Mace of Reaving is a weapon that was forged and enchanted by Talassans after receiving visions from their patron deity informing them of how to go about its construction. The mace can unleash a torrent of flame from it from 40 feet outwards. It also can absorb and store magic missiles that it can later send out at its wielder's enemies. The breakdown and further history of this mace can found, be found in the 2nd edition supplement, Volo's Guide to All Things Magical. Tolosian short spears are plus one flaming shock short spears often wielded by the upper echelons of the Talassan faith. The description of these magic spears can be found in the 3rd edition supplement, Magic of Faerun. Going into some of the thematically appropriate magic items from official 5th edition sources that I feel the Faith of Talos might have access to. From the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's plus 1 to plus 3 spears and javelins. 
Armors of Lightning Resistance, Armors of Thunder Resistance, Berserker Axe, Sensor of Controlling Air Elementals, Elemental Gems, Horn of Blasting, Javelin of Lightning, Mace of Terror, Potion of Thunder Resistance, Potion of Lightning Resistance, Ring of Air Elemental Command, Ring of Lightning Resistance, Ring of Thunder Resistance, Wand of Fear, and the Wand of Lightning Pulse. From Tales from the Yawning Portal, there's Shatter Spike. From Waterdeep Dragon Heist, though it is technically Jar Axel's magic item and thematically appropriate to him, there is the Knave's Eye Patch that I do think should be considered. From Princes of the Apocalypse, there's the Devastation Orbs of Air, Earth, Fire, and Water. From Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage, there's the Blast Scepter. And finally, from Xanathar's Guide to Everything, there's the Cloak of Billowing. Alright, thank you for listening to Religion in the Realms. If you're interested in keeping up with the release of future episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow the podcast Twitter account at Realms Religion. These episodes are also uploaded to YouTube as well. The podcast YouTube channel can be found under Religion in the Realms. Audio versions of the podcast can also be found on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Podcasts. If you wish to get in touch with me with any questions or just want to chat, my personal Twitter handle is at ShivsEmbrace, or you can send an email to realmsreligion at gmail.com, all lowercase. In the next episode, we will be turning our attention to the last member of the Gods of Fury, Malar, the god of evil lycanthropes and marauding beasts and monsters. Until next time, may Timora look kindly upon your dice rolls, Helm protect you, and Lathander light your path. Music for this episode, The Escalation, by Kevin McLeod of Acompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0.